Oh, sorry, I mean, you already, did your, you already did your massage? Yeah, yeah. I got on Friday. Nice. Yeah. How are you feeling? Uh, the same a couple days later, so. <laughs> <laughs> it felt good in the moment. Yeah. I'll be happy ending. Oh, fantastic. Can't Phenomenal. claim that. Can't claim that. What? Sorry. I tried. Damn it. <laughs> what did they do? They just put on the 2019 Raptors game six and you just finished? <laughs> Oh yeah. Actually, no, yeah, it was a Kawhi shot, absolutely. Ooh, first. Ooh. Okay, round two, game seven. I see. Imagine that you get off to like literally get off to like basketball or something. And you see that place <laughs> so often, and you're just like, oh, oh God. <laughs> oh no, it's like a group again. of friends doing that too. Like somebody does like a crossover here. It was like, oh. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran, and on the line, the Iceman himself, just permanently sitting with a box of Huggies in the background. I, I like <laughs> it. It's that, very, huh? very on-brand of you. Josh Cohen, how you doing, man? Uh, you know, I got to stick with the brand name, right? So here I am, and I'm going to keep that in the background, too, to stay consistent, because that's <laughs> no, my game, you know, consistency. Oh, man. <laughs> wow, what a what a strange turn. I like it. The banger in the paint, a residential medical expert, Rajan Walia. How you feeling? You know what? You don't have to pamper me because uh, I'm a, I'm a Pampers Ooh. guy, Josh. You know, it's like Nike versus Adidas. It's just Pampers versus Huggies. It's uh, which and dog? You're also fight? you're also extremely consistent as well because you always stay banging. <laughs> Woo! Far from it, man. I need those Pampers soon. Yeah, yeah. You want that sponsorship, <laughs> right? Maybe we should get it for the Minnesota. Hey, man. Maybe should we, we should get it for the Minnesota Timberwolves, like uh, these crybabies all over there, acting like uh, two-year-olds on the court. Yeah, Raj, if you would just show up to training camp and stop eating Popeyes so much, all right, we wouldn't have any issues here. Oh, really? Yeah, I have a lot more to do than uh, <laughs> get in shape. You know, I actually have to learn basketball. Oh my goodness, Raj! Wow. I'm just taking all sorts of shots. My goodness! And I mean, himself, I don't even need too. it. What is going on here? <laughs> Yo, if you knock yourself down, no one can knock you down first. So, wait. So, what's your favorite thing at Popeyes? What's my favorite thing at Popeyes? Oof, has to be the original chicken sandwich. Mmm, mm, that's nice. Sp- the spicy chicken is. Weird. Josh, do you go spicy or original? That's. The I usually go spicy, but uh, honestly, I think the fries are the best part about Popeyes. The Cajun fries are uh, a close second. They're pretty nice, man. Yeah, it's a seasoning, over, though. Over the actual chicken? I mean, the chicken's eh. It's, it depends where you, when you go and who's serving you really a lot of the time. Yeah, it, it's hit or miss. Like, if you if you get the the last batch, you're eating fried chicken that's been, like, cooked, like, five hours ago. It's kind of... Yep. It's kind of nasty, yeah. Okay, last, last fried chicken question. KFC or Popeyes? Popeyes. Chick-fil-A. Ooh. <laughs> I don't think I've tried. Have we tried there, Peter, in Vegas? Uh, no, we did not go. You, to Chick-fil-A. Oh my God, Josh, your mind will be blown when you have Chick Fil A. Yeah, as if you've never had Chick. You should come to Toronto just for Chick Fil A. Honestly, I would come with you. I would drive you there. <laughs> Jeez, okay. I guess we found out you're a Chick Fil A guy, not a Popeyes guy. Okay. Yeah, I just said it. Like, I just said it like thirty seconds ago. Like, jeez, Chick Fil A. Yo, Josh, I won't lie to you. Like. Three weeks ago, like out of the blue, Rush texted me and he was like, 
man, I could really go for some Chick-fil-A. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, man. It's, okay. Anytime I eat a fr- like a fried chicken sandwich, like instantly my benchmark is, is this how close is it to being like Chick-fil-A? Like Chick-fil-A being 100, right? And everything is on that wow. scale. Yeah. It's 100. 100. Like, and and yes. no doubt. <laughs> Big expectations. Yeah, guys, you're making, Yo, you guys making me miss it. Josh, you come down for a Raptors game and we'll go for sure. For lunch and for dinner. Yeah, I was gonna say we should go for at least at least twice per day. <laughs> oh <laughs> just, easy. Just twice. Easy. We just can't go to a Sunday but, game. That's the problem. Because they're closed correct. on Sunday. That is correct. Religious really? It's Lord's Day, Josh. Yeah. It's a Lord it's Lord's Day. I mean the Lord needs chicken too, so I'm not sure why they're closed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, you know what? The Lord goes to Popeyes on Sundays. That's the problem. Hey, honestly, though, when do the Wolves play the Raptors? Because I'm down to see Ant and then have some fried chicken in his honor. March 18th. Let's do it. We might see him there. Yeah, probably. Pre-game <laughs> and post-game. Yeah, definitely. He's there twice a day, too. Yo, what you got to do is just become an Uber driver for the day and just hang around Chick-fil-A. Because when he calls out Uber Eats after the game, boom. Yeah, it's... And you know what? They play Saturday night. Like he's actually gonna go three times because he's gonna miss out on the Sunday because they closed, right? So he'll go like a lunch, a pregame, and then he'll quickly order right after the game before they close at 10 p.m. to get the, the Sunday yeah. meal. Yeah. yeah, but Raj, this is how you get into the locker room, though. Oh, that's true. That's true. Or if you want to be a true Raptors fan, you don't drive him to the game and he doesn't show up at all. And everyone's gonna be like, why is he not in the starting lineup? Hey, hey, but but honestly, it's the wolves. Like, it, would it matter? Yeah, probably not. Didn't one of us on the pod? I, I, it wasn't me. I can say that for sure. But thought Mini would be a top seed in the Western Conference. No, 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 <sighs> Chick Fil A for you. No Chick Fil A for you, man. There's, there's still time. There's still time, man. <laughs> they can still become a 50 win team. Okay. Yeah, if they go like, I mean, they're like. Fo- and they like 500 right now? It's not that bad, no, is it? No, no. They're two games under. Jesus Christ. And and look at they who they played. They won tonight, played. though. That, yeah, no, let's let's just... not go through that again. They should have started 10-0, but for some reason, they're like 6-8 <laughs> and eight right now. Two of their wins were against the Thunder. Let's just say that. Okay? The Thunder are tough this year, man. Yeah, but they also lost to the Spurs already twice. Uh, they Spurs beat the are tough this year, man. <laughs> they beat the Lakers. <laughs> Lakers are not tough. Yeah. Everybody beats the Lakers. Yeah. They're not. Except the Nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> they lost the Knicks. Come on. By a lot. No. At home. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't really know what to say for that, except uh, Julius Randle's a good player. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. They lost to Utah. Utah's like the best team in the league, other than Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. You, you know what? I just have to bring this up. I remember, obviously, we we talked about how Cat. We're going to talk about how Cat called out and uh, Anthony Edwards' eating habits and Popeyes. The audacity for this guy, who probably plays Call of Duty until six a.m. every night, to call out one of his teammates on work ethic. Like, oh man, the disconnect. <laughs> <laughs> the disconnect. <laughs> Yeah, I mean he's uh he's the leader of the team, Raj. Cat? Carl Anthony Towns oh, is, a, oh my. is a leader among men here. 
not not actually he, he's you know, a leader he's part of the thing from a leader on this team he's probably the leader of his frigging clan on uh, xbox like his gamer group or whatever he probably is honestly him and gordon <laughs> yeah and he, i could see that he probably tries to translate that onto the court right guys let's respawn okay. here and uh <laughs> out of okay so think about this team right you got d'angelo russell anthony edwards Who's their th- who's their th- starting three? Why am I blanking? McDaniels. Ah, Jaden McDaniels, Jalen, Jaden, Jaden, Jalen's in the good one. Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Rudy and Cat, and then off the bench you have guys like Kyle Anderson, Bryn Forbes, Nas Reed, Torian Prince, Austin Rivers, whatever. Uh, your boy Jordan McLaughlin, Josh. Out of all the guys I just named, who do you think would be like that locker room leader? That guy with experience someone who can rally the troops sort of sort of do what patrick beverly and uh jared vanderbilt did for them last year before the rudy gobert trade who do you think it would be like i think they were hoping it would be cat except nobody listens to cat obviously no one's gonna listen to rudy gobert when he's new to the team so you know whatever but also rudy just has like the worst standing amongst players in the league somehow for such a phenomenal defensive force. It's not D'Angelo Russell, because, you know, dude, uh, one dude's a snitch, but also doesn't check into the game on time. <laughs> I mean, who we, who we, who we going to for guidance here? Kyle Anderson? Can't, I, be, I honestly, can't be Edwards. He's, like, in his third year. I honestly think they expect it to be Edwards based on the trade that they made and the timeline that they're currently on, because I think they expected him to take a massive step up this year and turn into a superstar um, instead of, you know, taking baby steps, like you got to become an all-star first and then you become a superstar afterwards. Like even a guy like John Morant went through that too, right? Like he became a superstar in year three, didn't he? So I don't know. It takes time. And, uh, obviously he wasn't ready for that and he didn't do the necessary work in the off season, clearly in the shape that he came in and how inconsistent he's been so far this year. But as you mentioned, they just don't have a grown-up in the room. I mean, nobody, like you said, nobody respects Rudy. And, you know, Cat's just not that guy. So, but honestly, I think the biggest problem with this team, though, is the point guard position. Absolutely. Out of everything that we've seen so far, they just need a guy that can run the offense and stand on the wing and just be like a spot-up guy and then like a secondary creator when they need him to be. And they just don't have that right now because D'Angelo Russell is absolute horseshit. Yeah, and uh, it sounds like you're describing Austin Rivers. No way. Just saying. Oh my god! But actually, go. Austin Rivers is better than D'Angelo Russell at this point. Honestly, he is. D'Angelo Russell is a glorified NBA player. Like I, I actually think if he didn't play on teams that allowed him to be like the only option, not the primary option, the only option, I think that he would be a fringe NBA player. So we're recording this on Sunday night, right? The Minnesota Timberwolves beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. D'Angelo Russell had 30 points, 12 assists, shooting 11 of 13 from the field, 4 of 5 from 3. Oh, I, I know that. Yeah, his, He's uh, back. his back. first good game in 14 games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it resulted in a win. Maybe they just got to feed D'Angelo more. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Yeah. Yeah, him and his thirty-five uh, percent shooting from the field and twenty-four percent from downtown. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, Josh, you know how it is, man. Did anyone ever limit Iverson when he was shooting poorly? Oh, no, God. you just saw him to keep shooting. That's that's blasphemous. You should be kicked off a podcast for comparing no, man, Russell to Iverson. Shoot. 
Shoot or oh shoot. My goodness. If you have a teammate on your team who's like who's shaking it, but you know this guy can get buckets, you're just like, yo, keep shooting, man. You got this. You gotta encourage your guys. You're not a leader, Josh. That's the problem. You're not a leader like this Timberwolves team. Okay, but but let's just get this right. Who was the <laughs> one that was guarding D'Angelo Russell in this game? Because like again, the Cavs played without Jared Allen, without Donovan Mitchell. Um they end up playing obviously Garland. Lamar Stevens, um, Karis Levert, it's, pretty much. It's either it's either Karis or or Garland, and again, right? Yeah, like again, probably not the best defenders, and like I would argue Garland was playing no defense because he put up fifty something right this game. Um, so he was fifty one exactly. Like uh, clearly, they they just again putting up stats like this, and obviously they won the game. Like good on them, but. In my opinion, I just look at it as empty stats. And it resulted in a win. How is it empty? Because like you're playing against a, a team that pretty much didn't play any defense or had very little. Like Kevin Love was playing for God's sakes and played like 35 minutes. Played 29 minutes. Thank you very Fair much. Fair enough. Okay, can we get back to the Timberwolves problems here? Okay, fine. Sure, <laughs> sure. Like again, there I agree with Josh. It's it's the point guard position. It's like very clear cut that D'Angelo Russell doesn't get the others involved. And it's just straight up ISO basketball. And it's Rudy Gobert doesn't play ISO basketball. Cat shows no aggressiveness. Uh, he, Rudy kind of does. He's just awful at it. But Rudy goes tries to go ISO. It's it's bad. To yeah, watch. it's comedy. Like you you see that you see that shit on Comedy Central in France probably. Um, but like, like I, I'm not even kidding. That's pretty good. Yeah, like it's 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 just not the way you play. Like Devin Booker said it best. They play team basketball. The Suns and most of the other NBA teams. And then you have the Timberwolves that just play straight up ISO. Uh, the the Friday game against Memphis, there were at least two instances that I was, that I can clearly remember when Rudy got the ball on, uh, in a transition situation at like the top of the key and tried to cross over Steven Adams, <laughs> who just like stood there being like, well, like, what are you doing? Why is this happening? And it obviously resulted in a turnover. Both times. Rudy, man. The other uh, really odd thing about this Timberwolves team is that they don't defensive rebound the ball. They're 28th in the league in defensive rebounding. And I think a lot of that has to do with like them leaking out because they just figure that either Rudy or Cat is going to get every rebound. And because this team is big, they obviously, they obviously like want to cut off the paint. And in doing so, um, they give up a lot of long rebounds since a lot of teams are shooting a lot of threes against them and nobody guards, or I guess, rebounds near the free throw line area. So these teams are getting like a lot of offensive rebounds with their guards and forwards and the Timberwolves are trying to leak out and then they end up in like disadvantaged situations and they just get killed on, um, you know, uh, second chance points. So that's another area to look at with this team. Which I think will improve as you know over the course of the season once they start to figure things out. But again, like they need to look at the point guard position. That's the biggest weakness on this team. But there's other areas, obviously, going into defensive rebounding and little things like that. Um, and the fact that if you watch their first quarters, like they barely ever get cat the ball, and they obviously they always start in a disadvantaged situation as well, being down like five to eight points in the first quarter. Because they just can't score. It's just odd to watch. And and they can't defend also. Like Cat always ends up in well, not always, but like one in every three games he's in foul trouble. 
at some point in the game. Um, and it's limiting his minutes, the rotations they can put out. Uh, and I think another thing talking about defensive rebounding is because Rudy's there, Cat ends up playing a lot more on the perimeter. And then teams really only have to worry about boxing out Rudy um, to, or not boxing out, but to crash the glass. And again, I, I think ultimately like one of Cat or Rudy ends up on the perimeter defensively. And then you have one guy who they expect to do all the rebounding. Uh, so I, I think that is a bit of an issue. I also think, um, going back to Ant and like Ant, I, I don't think he's happy with his role. I think the fact that you have two big men really limits his ability to, to be a threat going to the rim. And again, I, I could see if this continues, if their current 500 reign continues with the body language they have with cat whining with D'Angelo Russell being so checked out that, he could probably say, like, after my rookie year is done, I'm out. And uh, it's just he's clearly not happy. Like, you can just see his body language for a player who should be in his breakout year this year. But does it, like... Okay, I understand that. You want to give Anthony Edwards a space to create, right? Like, he's talked about how because they're two bigs now, he doesn't have as much space to get into the lane. So that's why he's only got four dunks this year. And... He's used to having all the space around him because last year, somehow Jared Vanderbilt was a was better at spacing than Rudy Gobert, which like not really, but whatever. <laughs> uh, okay, as a talented scorer like that, right? Like, if we're all talking about Anthony Edwards as the guy who can take that next leap to become a superstar, wouldn't you expect him to know how to create his shots or like figure out the situation with the team in front of him? Yeah, because. The reports, at least during the summer, was that before they got Rudy Gobert, they asked both they, as in the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, front office, asked Ant and Cat if they would be comfortable bringing in a traditional five. Not Rudy specifically, but just like that old school, uh, like rim running five. Either way, like if it's Rudy, if it's someone like, I, I don't know, who cares? Jakob Pertle, for example. You're still going to have no spacing, right? So why don't we expect Anthony Edwards to be able to figure this one out? As in, you know, work around it. You can't, if you can't drive all the time, figure out a way to get other people involved. You know, create more scoring opportunities for yourself in other ways rather than just blaming your teammates for a lack of better explanation. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, I think not to speak for him, but I, I think there is a, a level of winning is important and getting a traditional five could be useful. Maybe he was thinking of getting a traditional five so that cat doesn't have to play as many minutes as he does. And um, maybe kind of helping out with just balancing the way they play. But again, I, I think this experiments so far failed. I think you're taking away what, like, again, he can score in other ways. Like he's not been shooting the ball that well this year, but he's been okay. I would argue um, but it, you're just eliminating one of his threats. Like uh, when a player like him is on the ball, like he usually should be a, a triple threat to get to the rim, to pass or to shoot. And because you have Gobert or Towns in the paint, you're really limiting that. And again, D'Angelo Russell isn't a classic spot up shooter um, and a player who plays well off the ball. Um, and you can argue as well. McDaniels is the same like uh he should be a three and d guy but he's just establishing himself in the nba and he's not quite there yet so i think spacing has been a big issue and 
no matter what he said in the past, like clearly he's not enjoying it now. Like you can just see like he checks out on possessions, lazy with the ball. And I, I, I don't blame him. Like if your options are to pass the ball to Rudy inside, like uh, you might get depressed pretty quick. We, we saw what happened with Donovan Mitchell on the court. Now you've got to put some blame on him at the same time too. Yeah. He's, uh, he's quite immature. And, uh, you know, the way he came into the season, like I said, with being out of shape, not dunking the basketball, <laughs> like you can see that he's not quite there athletically right now. And that just goes to show you that maybe his work ethic isn't quite there either. But it, oftentimes NBA players often describe it as, you know, it takes around five years to really understand the NBA game. So I don't think he's quite at that level um, in terms of basketball like you, like you mentioned where he's getting easy buckets just off of set plays or easy um, opportunities um, within the team concept where he's just catching and finishing or catching and getting open looks. Like he's trying to make everything too hard on himself. Like he's over dribbling. He's driving into a bunch of guys, which again, goes back to the spacing issue, but there's different ways you can get easy points every game. And he's just not doing that. And you know, getting on the fast break is one of those things. Like they can't rebound. They need the to ball, figure though. things out quickly. Yeah, but again, like that's going to improve over time. They play at a pretty fast pace. Like they're one of the faster paced teams in the NBA, so they're doing something right in terms of that. But he's still not getting a lot of easy points. Fast break points make everything so much easier, right? Because you're the whole morale of the team generally improves at that point. I know, I know you guys like harp on the the point guard position, but for me, I think it's just more leadership than anything else. Because you don't need you don't need a good point guard to play defense and rebound and hustle. But no one on this team looks engaged, other than you know Rudy Gobert chasing his stats as usual. No, everyone but else just is like too chilling. It's weird. The other thing is, there's no hierarchy, right? Like you can't clearly define who is the number one guy right now on this team. Who's number yeah. two? Who's number three? It just seems like Russell or, or um, you know, uh, either one of the guards, like they just take the ball up every time and a lot of possessions, they're just the guy who brings it up, goes around a pick and shoot it. You know, it shouldn't be, there should be a clear hierarchy where like Anthony Edwards and Cat are shooting 18 times a game or whatever. And Russell is shooting like less than 10 times a game, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I I hate it. it pains me to say this, but imagine this team with a player like Chris Paul or Cal Lowry, like they would be just playing better team basketball and they would be managing the, like they would be distributing the shots better. I think the team morale would be better. And again, like Josh mentioned, it all starts with the point guard position. Um, and D'Angelo Russell isn't that traditional point guard. And again, I, I think that he benefits more from the fact that he's put up a lot of points on some pretty bad teams and he's made a name for himself, and um, he's he's a scoring point guard. He's not a like a a winning point guard. Ouch. Yeah, the um, biggest thing with the Timberwolves, just the last point on this, is um, as you mentioned, you need a floor leader in a situation where you're trying to make a 1990s lineup work. You know, you need a guy that knows how to run an offense and get these guys into a set where everyone knows where to be on the floor and has to be like exact. And right now they're not in that space because they're just running random offense and it's just not going to work when you have two big guys like that who are just, um, they're, they're sort of wired to be in certain spots on the floor 
And a lot of the times they're just bunching up the paint because Cat's running in for offensive rebounds and Rudy's already standing there. So you need a floor leader, a floor general. And I think they have the coach for it, honestly. I think it's just a matter of like, if they traded Russell for Connolly tomorrow, I think they'd be a much better team. It's funny. Connolly is going to be back with Goldberry. What do I have to do to get away from this guy? <laughs> yeah, I don't think Conley wants to leave Utah right now, man. It looks like they're having a lot of fun out there. Imagine going from Utah, like all these young guys playing real hard, everyone's hustling, to this grim ass Minnesota team, man. <laughs> that would be so depressing. Yeah, and I think there's a new oh my God. there's a new video game that came out that a lot of people were going crazy for at first. <laughs> yeah, like I think that could be attributing why the the Timberwolves weren't playing so well last week. And yeah, why well, Gordon Hayward's about- been out for two weeks with a shoulder injury. <laughs> Yo, it's hard playing games, man. It's physical. You ever play Papa Shot for like six hours? Gets to your shoulders. Of course it does. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, another mediocre team in the West. So, okay, let's move on, man. Uh, I'm tired of talking about this. God awful, it's just sad Timberwolves team. I think sad is the most depressing or uh, the most indicative word of this Timberwolves team right now. Just a bunch of sad dudes on the court. Can we move on to I mean, not as sad, right? I wouldn't call the Mavericks sad, would you, Josh? Two games above five hundred. Pretty good pretty good offensive and defensive rating, top ten in both. I mean the the only the main issue, which I thought would not be an issue, is Luca's fatigue uh, later in the games? I mean, running, uh, what, like 99% of your offensive possessions through Luka Doncic and nobody else on the team? Maybe that'll wear you out once in a while? Yeah, it's it's not great. It's not great, honestly. Um, I mean, it's great for my fantasy team, obviously, but it's not great <laughs> for Luka overall. Like, they showed, um, they showed, like, a graphic in the last game and how he just falls off quarter to quarter. I think he's by far the best first quarter player in the league. Second quarter, he's pretty good. And then you see his shooting just you know, fall off a cliff in the third and fourth quarters. And you can see it in the games too. Um, they just need to spread the love more, you know? They need to have Dinwiddie run more pick and rolls. And when Christian was in the game, they actually need to use him because there's a lot of games where he's you know, shooting seven times in the game. And Jason Kidd seems to be putting the tough love on him like he did with, you know, Giannis back in the day with Milwaukee and a lot of those guys just trying to see how tough he is and see if he's um, up to task, I guess. And he's playing Dwight Powell again at center. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Man. Is, uh, sorry, this is totally not irrelevant completely, but is Dwight Powell going to retire a Maverick? It just seems like that, right? He just seems like one of those dudes who's going to stick with the one franchise forever. Nick Collison-esque. <laughs> I could definitely see it, for sure. Yeah. like uh, Again, he, he has a, a good role there. Maybe he's actually overplaying right now. Um, but yeah, he they, they need more support. <laughs> I mean, the the thing that everyone talks about is just needing another ball handler, right? What, what They lost in Brunson last year as like that second guy that they could go to when Luca's on the bench, someone to provide a scoring threat, someone who could create for his teammates, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, I, I think last year we saw it in glimpses, but Spencer Dinwiddie should be capable of these things, right? Of, I think he can run a simple pick and roll. 
I think he can handle the rock enough to get uh, to get Reggie Bullock and Tim Hardaway Jr. open or DFS. So I don't know. Like I I thought that this would work out a lot easier, right? But I didn't account for Jason Kidd playing Luca. What's Luca's got to be playing like high thirties in minutes right now, leading the league in points and literally just dominating the ball on pretty much every possession possible, right? Thirty seven minutes per game right now. That's a lot. Yeah. I I think the issue, again, with the Mavs is we talked about playmakers. I think they just need to have a completely different style of play. Like, they play with one way with a focal playmaker who is able to isolate, create a mismatch, and then either exploit the mismatch or get someone an open look. And that, that works. That like It works 80% of the time. But they need to have a different style of play um, that gives Luca a break, that lets other players expand. And again, this style of play, whether it's Luca getting tired later on in the year in the playoffs, or teams just getting used to having to shut down Luca, um, it, it's you just need to be able to play at least one other way to give some variety, because you would hate to have to play a different way when. It's the playoffs. If and you're in game six, and a team's figured out how to get the ball out of Luca's hands, and then you're stuck. Um, and I think the Spencer Dimwitty addition last year was a good one, um, but I, I don't think they've ever replaced Jalen Brunson. And I think they'll need to uh, get at least one or two more players that are comfortable creating their own shot or running the offense or being able to um, play a different way. Just because, again. Their way's fine, but it's it's not for the long run. The type of player they need really is a guy that can not necessarily create on the wing, but can be like a secondary option to where they can catch the ball and go or be able to shoot the three-point shot. And Finney Smith can shoot the three-point shot. He hasn't been good at it this year. He's been good the last couple of years. But they needed like a, a Jeremy Grant type of player, Kyle Kuzma, somebody like that that can give you like 15 to 20 points a game, not really dominate the ball, be like a secondary guy on the wing. Um, I know those players are really hard to find, obviously. Um, But I think Christian Wood can provide a lot of that. It's just Jason Kidd doesn't trust him at all on defense. But during the regular season, that doesn't really matter as much. So I think what they should be doing is playing him more (laughs) minutes to take the load off Luka a little bit and playing through him and Dinwiddie more often so Luca is more fresh come you know the fourth quarter especially and when Luca's out of the game um, they should have Hardaway, Dinwiddie, and Wood all in the game at the same time so you have enough offense uh, to be able to sustain while Luca's on the bench. Yeah, interestingly like, enough I think they could use a player like Levert as well like yeah. again just the guy who's not like who's good offensively obviously not the strongest defensively but just someone who's comfortable with the ball. He's been good this year, though. Shot. Yeah, well, I guess uh, if you're comparing him to Donovan Mitchell, he looks great defensively. Man, unnecessary. Hey, Mitchell's been all right this year. Hey, hey, I was all... I'm a huge Donovan Mitchell guy. Like, I am I was anti-Ben Simmons from the start. But uh, I can re- recognize <laughs> that Donovan Mitchell... You can have one without the other. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Hey, you guys are all like, oh, Ben Simmons, Rookie of the Year. Ben Simmons is going to be great. Ben Simmons can't fucking stay on the court. Um, I mean, he was well, great I mean, at one his time. rookie year, he was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know. For the one year, he was good. Sure. Yeah. Again, I, I think 
a player like Levert. It doesn't necessarily have to be Levert. Just someone who's a little more like can comfortable running his own offense, can get some others involved, a ball handler. That's just what they need. Again, I, I agree. Like if they got a player like Jeremy Grant or Kyle Kuzma are good options. But like you mentioned, those players are hard to come by for uh they're not available for very long on the market. Maybe they should uh, be looking at teams that are supposed to be tanking. Maybe pull out someone from Utah. Maybe a Colin Sexton type. No. No, not Ashley. Uh, maybe a Laurie Markkinen type. They're not going to move Laurie Markkinen. Uh, honestly, like Buddy Heel would look amazing with the Mavericks. Yeah, but it would be great. You need to get rid of Tim Hardaway then at that point. That's an yeah, even trade right there. I think they make the yeah. same salary too. Yeah. I think Buddy over Tim Hardaway, eh? I don't know oh, about yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I don't know about that. Oh, come on. Tim Hardaway's a much better defender than Buddy Heald is. No, he's not. Tim Hardaway's okay, not, like below average on better. defense. No, you're yes, crazy, he is. man. No, he's not. Tim Hardaway? Good. Yeah. He's not, a, he's, he's, not, a, he's, he's not good on defense. Get out of here. Yeah, I don't think he's, a, and he's an D. average defender at best. Well, why is he not starting? I don't know. That's the same reason Christian Wood isn't starting. Reggie Bullock shooting 0% from the field and starting over him. <laughs> <laughs> that is saying something. All right, let's see. Reggie Bullock is shooting a whopping 29% from the three. My God. Yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr., not much better. 33%. Yeah. I, I oh. also. Luka Doncic, can you. Okay. Uh, Luka Doncic is. Over under on three point percentage. Let's go with uh, oh, I know thirty point three over under. 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 I mean, it's under. pretty obvious based on the way you're talking about it. All right, <laughs> well, keep going then. Just try to guess it. Twenty three. Right He's like twenty six percent. Twenty eight point six. Yeah. Whoo! It's a the lot fun- of missed stepbacks, man. That's all I'm saying. The funny thing is, like, he always starts this way. But usually, like, he's really bad overall with the numbers. Like, usually at this point, he's averaging, like, 22, 8, and 7. And then, like, the middle part of the year, he starts to pick it up. But this year, he actually came into camp in pretty decent shape, so. Yeah, well, his usage rate is also, like, 39% this year, so. He better be getting a lot of points. (laughs) (laughs) My God, I didn't realize it was that high, man. Jesus Christ. It's more than Giannis. Can you believe that? Giannis this year, not Giannis Mm. in past years. Damn. We're talking about guys like John Morant, Giannis, Jason Tatum, Russell Westbrook, uh, <laughs> Nikola Jokic. You know, like, these are high-usage guys, and Luka's just blowing them out of the park. My God. Get this man some help. Get Jason Kidd to believe in some of his other players, Josh. Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to be possible. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like it. But uh, if that is the case, like, if the Mavericks don't trust anybody else right like they just stay with this one style how like how far can you really go in the playoffs with the with an an nba that's got this much parity right like we're not talking about the 2001 eastern conference where Allen iverson single-handedly brought that philadelphia offense to the finals we're talking about a western conference with six to eight legitimately good teams the thing is i think luca can do it I think they can do it and make it far in the playoffs, but you can't expect him to do it for the full season 
and then continue that into the playoffs and have like no blip or whatnot. I think like you have to get to the playoffs, get in a good seed and then play your best guys. And of course, Luca's being one of them and hope that Luca's on point and playing well and gets hot. That's kind of what they're banking on. Like their team isn't talented enough to contend with other teams in the, uh, in the West. It's just a fact. Like they usually out teamwork teams or, out coach it's not like out talent it's not like their players are just fundamentally better basketball players yeah i mean like one thing that i'll say about jason kidd in his favor is this team has an identity they play really good defense and on offense everyone knows the exact spots that they have to stand so you know what you're going to get that way too and they have i mean i guess you can't say that they have more offense this year yet but it depends how they use Christian Wood, really. Um, but, you know, they have a style, and they have Luka Doncic. So can they win the playoffs? They did last year, so why not again this year? Okay. Just for an exercise, can we go through the Mavs starting five and then the two players that should be coming off the bench, let's say, in the playoffs? Dwight Powell. No, no, so so <laughs> that's it. Like So they have, they have Luka... And they're going to have Reggie Bullock in the backcourt with him? Yep. And then they're going to have Dory Finney-Smith at the four. They should be having Christian Wood probably playing the five, but he's coming off the bench now. And then who's playing the three? Like, is it Maxi? I think it's THJ, isn't it? That's been starting for them? No, it's Dinwiddie. Oh right, yeah. Okay, okay. So, so their lineup yeah, is yeah. So Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie, and Bullock at the two at the two wing positions, right? Basically, yeah. And then you have ideally you would have Dory Dory Finney Smith and Christian Wood. That's their starting five, ideally. And then the two guys coming off the bench are Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, and Maxi Kleba. Yeah. And and and, and uh, sprinkle in some Javale in there. Thank you very much. Yeah, I don't know about that. Sprinkle yeah. in some Javale. He's like and, DeAndre Jordan level this year. Oh. Just a bit. Just and sprinkle if, in a bit of Javale. And, and the lineup we just talked about. I think if we just look at those seven guys, the biggest glaring hole is they just don't have enough people that can like you have Luca and Spencer Dimwitty are the only like creators people that can get other people in positions to get good looks at the basket. No one else can on that team. Like, no one else. Like, Tim Hardaway Jr., meh. Like, in terms of assists. Honestly, I mean, like, if Christian Wood can play defense and Chris, and Jason Kidd actually trusted him in the playoffs and he actually played center with that lineup, then they could go places, honestly. But at this point, Jay Kidd has zero faith in him. And every lineup that he's in, he's with another big guy. Because he just has no faith that Christian Wood can protect the basket and be able to switch in their scheme. So whenever he's on the court, he's always with, you know, Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell. And uh, yeah, it's not it's not the best lineup construction if you want to maximize him and Luca together. I think it's it's more like the t- yeah, I think it's more like the the play style, right? If you're gonna run everything through Luca and have, you know, 90% of your possessions worked around him, then it doesn't matter if you have other guys on the team that can create for your the rest of your teammates because if no one's going to move the rock, no one's going to move the rock. 
the def- the offense now is literally Luca pounding the rock for about 16 seconds, drives or crosses over, and then passes the ball one time for a for an open three. Yeah, or takes it in it's, if he has the mismatch. Yeah, yeah, it's the James Harden offense from the Houston Rockets. And again, uh, as yeah, so like as as someone who stands in the corner and shoots a lot, I would hate that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but you would love it. You would secretly love it, though. No, nah, man. Like it's fun. Okay, like you get open looks, but there's no there's no chemistry. There's no like ball movement. There's no flow, or you know what I mean. Like, yeah, that energy that go, gets into the ball, to like, gets it whipping it around. Like, obviously, they're not going to be a great team this year. But the San Antonio Spurs have been moving the rock constantly this year. They're averaging, like, almost 30 assists a game. And exactly. yet, the Mavericks are doing the exact opposite. You yeah, know what ex- I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what it comes down to. Like, they need a bit better players. And they also need to have, like... A different play style, not because their play style is ineffective. It's just you can't rely on it as your sole play play style. You just got to have a different way to approach a game, and they got to work on that in the regular season. Like I don't think they're going to be a top four seed in the West, just given their current lineup. Um, but hey, if they make it in the playoffs and they're able to make it in the fifth or sixth seed, like where they're currently sitting right now. I, I think they could be a dangerous team and like they've shown an ability to win in the playoffs. So um, they just got to make sure that Luca's not half dead when they make it. Yeah, it's not, it's not the best approach in my mind. Okay, can we just hit this really quickly? I just want I, like we haven't talked about this at all. And I just want to know what you guys think. So a couple of weeks ago, Miles Turner shows up on the Adrian Wojnarowski pod and uh, essentially gave a sales pitch to the Lakers about why they should trade for him. Like, just straight up. He basically said, oh, actually, I have the quote here. I'll, I'll give you the summarized version. Quote, if I'm the Lakers, I take a very good, I take a very hard look at this with the position that you're in. I know what I can provide a team. My leadership, my shot blocking, my three-point ability, and just my ability to make plays out there on the floor. And I take a very long look at it. But as far as pulling the trigger, I get paid to shoot, not to make these calls, so I can't answer that. Miles Turner just straight up saying... To the Lakers, yo, trade for me. (laughs) I can do all these things. I got you. Just trade for me. Yeah, like the the weirdest thing that came out of that was that uh, nothing happened in terms of fines or tamp. Like, can you self tamper? I guess not, right? No, I guess no. They can't. They can't get on any players for tampering. It's only the head offices, right? That's why Magic was so brutal at it. Yeah, I guess. I've just never seen a player do that before. It was really Not interesting publicly. to listen to. My God. <laughs> like, I think it'd be one thing if he, like, if he called Rob Polinka and was like, yo, uh, Rob, Miles Turner here. You know I'm good at these things, right? But he just straight up went on Woj's pod, who obviously is a major figure in the league, and was like, yo, Lakers, can I come too? Can yeah, and he went into, like, guys? job interview mode. <laughs> yeah, this but guy's on like, indeed. <laughs> Man, if you're his teammates, not even if you're Isaiah Jackson, but if you're Tyrese Halliburton, if you're Benedict Matherin, you're like, yo, are you for real trying to just leave right now? Have some class. God damn. Honestly, he's delusional because, like, if you look at even right now as we're speaking, the Lakers are playing the Nets. And you know when Anthony Davis was playing on the Pelicans and we were like, man, he's playing with no one. Like, who is he playing with? Look at their roster. They've never been able to 
put someone around him. Their current team is probably one of the worst NBA teams I've seen in a very long time, especially for a team like the Lakers. Like it's Lonnie Walker, Troy Brown, Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves, and Patrick Beverly. That is their starting five. Yeah, not yep. great. And like, who do you think Indy is like, oh my God, you know what? We're ready to give up Miles Turner, maybe Buddy Yield. Like, obviously, they're a tanking team themselves. Yeah, we're going to give up two of probably our better players for literally pennies on the dollar. Like, yes, no, the I, draft picks are nice, I, but they're in like five years from now. Yeah, I think you just answered your own question, though. But their roster is so bad and their management is so bad that wouldn't you have faith in them sort of staying that way? Especially once LeBron leaves and Anthony Davis is left on his own. And those picks are super valuable. And obviously, Indy wants to lose this year. So I think it's eventually going to happen. Like it just makes too much sense not to happen. Hold on, why do we think Anthony Davis is going to stay with the Lakers? Uh, what if Anthony Davis is asked out? He's like, "Yo, I'm out. I got my championship. I think I enjoy LA LeBron. too much. Yo, trade me to the Clippers. <laughs> trade me back for Ivica Zubac. Oh my! You God. know the Clippers could have <laughs> Anthony Davis, Kawhi, and Paul George, and they still wouldn't win. Because that team yeah, is just like, cursed. They play combined <laughs> they play. games. <laughs> yeah. In their contract, it's probably stipulated. It's like we get full salary if combined we play 82 games. That's probably how it is. <laughs> like, oh man. I, I think, again, we let's just not talk about the Lakers because they get enough media attention. But I, I think Miles Turner coming out and, and sh- saying that is like showing how desperate he is to leave Indiana. Um, and again, I, I, I don't know whether he's going to go to the Lakers or not. I think the fit could make sense. Does it push the Lakers over the brim and into the playoffs? I don't know. I don't think so, but, um, I think he will not be an Indiana Pacer for the entirety of this season. Uh, I think he's going somewhere. He can bring his Lego collection. We've laughed at, at, uh, at ends with that. But, uh, I, I think he, he's just, he's playing the game. LeBron plays the game. All these NBA players play the game. When they want out, when they want something else, they go somewhere. And, hey, he's probably looking at the Lakers and being like, hey, if I can play on the Lakers, I'll be considered a god there. <laughs> the Lakers love paying guys who don't play. It's great. Yeah, it could be like the new Timothy Mosgo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, give me some stats corner. Just one moment. Timothy Mozgov. <laughs> Way back, playback right there. Oh my god. All, All right, because so the Lakers wouldn't tamper. Five Indeed. years, almost $75 million, some shit like that. I don't yeah. know what it was, but I got a ball and ass. A minute after free agency started, too. Yeah, this guy's probably fighting in Ukraine right now. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, actually... Have you guys, uh, did you guys see that thing on Inside the NBA a couple of weeks ago when I they showed it. Slava Medvedenko yep. <laughs> in Ukraine? No. Man, sh- yeah, well, he's Ukrainian, so he's, like, out there, uh, not, like, literally fighting, but, uh, like, building uh, gyms and shit for kids and, you yeah. know, supporting the war effort. Good for Slava, man. Shouts to you, Slava Medvedenko. Yeah, and he <laughs> sold his championship ring just so he could afford that. Yeah. It's crazy. Guys sell it because they're broke. Slava is out there supporting his people. 
Yeah. Slava Medvedenko. You should name this episode after him. <laughs> Done. Slava Medvedenko episode. <laughs> so um, I guess transitioning from Slava Medvedenko into Stats Corner, <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about isolations, which he was not very good at in his nope. day. Um, so, so far this season, can you name the least efficient ISO players among qualifying players? And the most efficient ISO player. So we'll start with the least efficient first. So all these guys... Rudy Gobert. I don't think he qualifies. <laughs> <laughs> most of these guys are guards. One of them is a big guy. Um, so the league's best team actually has one of the least efficient ISO players in the NBA. Grayson Allen. What? No. <laughs> yeah, the league's... Milwaukee is a, the league's best team, right? That is correct. The Grayson I, Allen. I, no, the safe assumption is that Grayson Allen is not very good at ISOs. Yeah, you have to qualify too. But what's the yeah, minimum qualifying? I don't know what that is, but you have to at least have a <laughs> couple Grayson possessions Allen. a game. And Grayson Allen does not <laughs> ISO anybody. <laughs> okay. Uh, Portis? No. Javon Carter? No. It's like Drew or something, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. It's the most obvious, obvious guy. He's the worst in the NBA at 0. .53 points per possession so far this year. You know, so. you know, last year they had, I think, three of the top 20 ISO players. Well, it was on the low post a podcast. I think they had Giannis, Middleton, and Drew. I think Drew was 19. I mean, Drew's been great in the pick and roll, but isolating, not so much. Uh, the next guy is sort of a surprise player. Um, all these guys are on playoff teams except one or they're sort of on the brink, I guess you could say. So one of these players is in the Western Conference and their team is expected to at least make the playoffs. And he's gotten off to a rough start because everyone thinks he's injured. He got traded last year to this team. Give me some nice assists. Traded last year. Everyone thinks he's injured this year. Norman? Him? No. No. Oh. No. You're thinking someone, they should be making the playoffs. He's on mm. one of the most talented teams in the West. Give what? me a sec. Give me a sec. I got to pull fucking who's in the West right now. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Raj gets so intense with these things. Kind of thing. Can you tell who's a volume shooter here and who's not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fundamentals, man. Kyle Anderson's Mr. Slow-Mo. Um, Is that your guess? Kyle Anderson? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, the team name trade. is after a bird. Oh, C.J. McCollum? There you go. C.J. McCollum, second worst, 0.57 points per possession. Wow. Uh, the next one is a big guy in the Eastern Conference from a team that's probably in the play-in tourney this year. Nikola Vucevic. Nope. Same sort of player, though. Left-handed. Julius Randle? Correct. 0.58 points per possession. Damn. Yeah, off to a pretty rough start. I mean, he was bad last year in isolation, too, though, so that's not really that much of a surprise. Yeah, are we really surprised about this? Not really. No. <laughs> Should have traded him. The next one is a bit of a surprise. So... This team had a player go out early due to injury, and this player was expected to step up into that role, and maybe he's not quite ready right now. 
Eastern Conference team. Jalen Suggs. Incorrect. Damn. Player went out injury in the East, eh? Who's injured in the East? Scotty Barnes. Incorrect. Good guess though. Is some? Is it Miami? One of them is. It's not the player I'm talking about, but oh. yes, the fifth player is on Miami. Okay, well, the fifth player is... Is it Tyler <laughs> It is 0.65 points per possession. Classic. Okay, so we're missing number four? Number yeah. three? Number, number, four, number four, four, and he's on what should be a title contending team, everyone thinks, even though they're really not. Oh, Philly. Harden. No. Oh, taking the place for Harden. Maxi. Correct. 0.59 points per possession. That, that, that's that's shocking because he's had a few good games, but he's probably cooled off nicely. Well, I mean, if you watch the Raptors game, there was no isolation in there. <laughs> it was just yeah, straight spot-up shots and then taking the ball off the dribble once he gets the pass from the wing. Yeah, I think the key for him was uh, a lot of transition points once Harden was out. And Embiid was also out. Yep. He's not quite that guy yet. And yep. then uh, most efficient isolation players. Uh, going back to the team with the bird. Zion. Zion. Point, or sorry, 1.28 points per possession. Jeez. Man, Zion's such a beast. My God. Yeah, he's a monster still. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, next. Next, you have a Eastern Conference team that is playing, uh, I guess, below expectations. And this player is a bit of a head case off the court. <laughs> Kyrie Irving. Yeah. <laughs> a bit. Just a bit. Just a bit. Just a bit. Yo, Brooklyn's uh, coming, man. They're coming up without Kyrie, though. But they're coming up. <laughs> Just watch. 50, 50 wins without Kyrie. Damn. Maybe. And they're starting point guard right now. Uh, Steve Nash. <laughs> Great guess. That or Jacques it. Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn. <laughs> Player coach Jacques Vaughn. <laughs> it's not a. Uh, Patty Mills isn't playing yet. It's like Edmund Sumner, man. There you go. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, next. Next is on another uh, Eastern Conference team. And he's known for being a really good isolation player. He's been traded a couple times in the last five years. And he's on a team that uh, is probably in the playing contention, maybe. DeMar DeRozan. DeMar. Correct. 1.25 points per possession. Guys, the score. Uh, next. To be fair, DeMar was only traded once. He signed in Chicago. Oh, right? yeah, I guess so. You're right. You're right. Come on. You're right. Uh, next is a Western Conference player coming back from injury this year. PG. Incorrect. Damn. <laughs> Kawhi. Damn. <laughs> uh, who's coming back from injury? Kawhi. No. He's got to qualify. He doesn't even play. <laughs> yeah, John, John Wall probably qualifies before <laughs> Kawhi. Probably does. Man. Oh, jeez. Uh Western hmm. Conference coming back from injury. We already one said of the top Zion. seeds in the Western Conference right now. Dame, yes, one point two four points per possession. Dame is back. Nice. So is Portland. Wow. Yeah, second Three game winners in the West. this year. Yeah. And they might actually be a real team. Honestly, like watching them, they they found something. Their defense is pretty they good hustle, too. Man, 
They yeah. they're exactly what we were hoping Minnesota would be. In yeah. terms of hustle, at least. Basically. Yeah, but that, continuity, you know. Th- th- they're going to be like other. they're going to be battling with Sacramento for that play-in spot, though. Oh, oh, oh. Truth no. be told, yeah, no, that's it's going to. No, happen. at this rate, at this rate, they're they're probably sneaking at like the six, man. Yeah, but it's we really like. Dame's out with an injury. Obviously, obviously they have good no, contribution from Grant. Yeah. Oh, but he missed a good three, four games, though. But they're flowing, and they won those games. They're flowing, man. Yeah, but who did they play? It doesn't matter. Wins are wins. <sighs> it matters who you play. <laughs> no, nah, man. It's a regular season. You're just kind of record. It doesn't matter. Josh, move on. Uh, last is another Eastern Conference team. And we've already discussed them a little bit in the last uh, segment with the least efficient ISO players. And he's a new addition to this team. Hmm. Eastern Conference recently moved. Also has a really crappy player. Also a crappy ISO, ISO player. player. Yes. yes. New addition to this team. One of the biggest off-season acquisitions in the NBA. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. No. Oh. Yeah, we didn't talk about the Cavs. <laughs> this player signed. So you signed one of the biggest over the off-season. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson signage over the off-season. There you go. One point two four points per possession. Hey, Jalen Brunson's nice. underrated. Like he's not a. He's not considered a a top end player, but he plays statistically like one, and he's not a big chucker or anything like that. So, you know, who could really use Jalen Brunson, Dallas Mavericks. This to be honest, true. even the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves could. <laughs> I mean, to, like in all honesty, I think like twenty seven of the league teams could use a player like Jalen Brunson or Jalen Brunson himself. Because he's a good player. Jalen Brunson's a really good point guard. Yeah. He would help out most teams, aside from the ones with superstar point guards like Dane. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even like teams like Miami, put him in there instead of Kyle Lowry? Whew. My God. Maybe not like Milwaukee. Put him next to... Uh, put him put Jalen Brunson and Tyrese Maxey on instead of James Harden? Whew. Yeah, he's in that mold Goodness. of like player that would fit perfectly next to the superstar player, which he showed last year. Obviously, like guys like you know Conley, Lowry, even yeah. Chris Paul, guys like that. Yeah. Oh my God! Put Jalen Brunson on the Lakers. Woo! Yeah, they'd have something then. Yeah. Said they got Patrick Beverly. Good luck. <sighs> oh God, he's terrible. <laughs> um, and just quickly, uh, leading scores in the fourth quarter. Let's see how many you can name. You will get uh, three guesses each. This is as of two days ago. Uh, Luca, Jimmy Butler, and Giannis. No, no, no. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Not very good at this. Raj? Mm, I did not hear the question. I was looking at a text message. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah. I got distracted, man. My hours are scoring. The leading scores in the fourth quarter so far this year. Total overall right, points. Total points. Less than okay. a minute. Less right. than a minute here. Let's go. All right. Uh, let's see here. You're on the uh, clock. They play in close games. I'm going to say Jordan Clarkson. No. <laughs> I had to throw a name out there. They've won a lot of games. 
and close ones. <laughs> this is what happens when you put Raj on the clock, man. Jesus. Can't Pressure's getting to him. Raj is not a fourth quarter scorer, clearly. No, I, nope. I, I, I mean, neither is Peter, honestly. <laughs> I'm a chucker, man. All right, who we got? Who we got? Just put it out there. You don't want to guess two more, Raj? Fine, let's guess two more, two more. Um, Jason Tatum? Hey, you got one. Fifth, 76 points in the fourth quarter. <laughs> See, uh, not so bad, not so bad. How about I'll guess two more, and if I keep getting them, then I'll keep going. Uh, how about Luka Doncic? Uh, incorrect. I think Peter said him, too. No, I didn't. No? I thought you I did. I said Giannis. Okay, last one right here. Uh, I'm going to say Donovan Mitchell. The fourth quarter scoring is kind of like a, a skewed stat because if your team's a really good team, like you don't play much in the fourth. That's why Giannis isn't uh, isn't high on it. Or guys yeah. like Luca. Obviously, we talked about how like petite he gets, right? So yeah, but still, Would he's averaging he thirty four points. Yeah, but not in the fourth. Yeah, Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie probably has more fourth quarter points than Luca does. He might. Um, so you had Desmond Bain, 89 points, Stephen Curry, 85, Kyrie Irving, 77, despite not playing in many games this year. Jeez. What the hell? Yeah. Odd one, eh? Huh. Uh, Paolo Banquero, 77, and wow. Tatum, as you mentioned, 76. I'm telling you, Paolo's going to be a force. He's going to be a better player than Paul George. Yeah. He'll duck. It'll definitely oh, be better than Rui Hachimura. Hey, we're getting sure. mm-hmm. there. We'll see about that. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm i happy. I think uh, Paolo's going to be a great player. Get him and Rui on the same team, and you got a, a good foundation. No, it's, yeah, with uh, Paolo. Absurd. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's actually absurd how like big Paolo is. Like, that guy has an NBA like body, body already. Oh, yeah. It's so absurd. Good stuff, Josh. You stumped us on this one, man. Well done. We got to pay attention. The stats are getting harder. Yes, sir. I'm going to bring up my TI-83 next time. (laughs) Wow, what a reference. And on that note, I'm going to call it here. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe. Josh, I hope you go on iTunes and rate us five stars. Raj, go on Spotify and leave us some good-ass comments. You can both find us on Twitter and Instagram at HoopsCornerPod. And until next time, peace.